Here we go, another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning. Steve Cashel, your Bulls radio host, along with the head team physician for the Chicago Bulls, one of the co-team physicians with the Chicago White Sox, is Dr. Brian Cole from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, sports specialist, orthopedic surgeon. Dr. Cole, how are you this morning? Doing great, Steve. Great how was to your be week? here. It was wonderful. It was a busy week, but it was awesome. This is a time of year when everyone's trying to get their surgeries in before uh, uh, before the end of the year. You know, they've met their deductibles. There's kids that are coming back from college, they have their college break, or there's kids that are going out on Christmas. So um, it's it's amazingly busy in December. You got to tell your staff. Uh, well, you guys are probably used to it, right? I mean, it's like it's take like your vacation, take vacations between Christmas and New Year's, and not the yeah. before, right? Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> right. Like I always take off like one or two weeks between Christmas and New Year's. I've just always done that since yeah. I was in, even since I was in, in residency. And um, but leading up to it, we operate on Saturdays. We'll operate four days a week. I mean, it's crazy that the the volume of people coming in that need to get fixed before the end of the year is just incredible. And every year it just seems to get bigger and bigger. Oh, because of the deductibles, I Yeah, I that's right. Yeah, but the, the funny thing about the deductibles is that they meet it again next year. Yeah. You know, It's just that psychological aspect of, okay, I've already met my deductible. And you know, deductibles are not trivial anymore. They're $5,000, $7,500, $10,000. They're big. So, but the reality is if you have a family – you're probably going to need. You're probably going to need medical care the next year, and same thing next year is going to happen. We're going to meet your deductible, but you just hope and pray it doesn't happen that way, and they just want to get it all in. And I can only do so much. Absolutely. You know? Well, the hottest topic, Doc, the last month or so has been Bears quarterback Mitchell Trubisky's right shoulder. And, um, you know, you're not trading Mitchell Trubisky, right? We all know that. You're the Bulls team physician. But let's talk a little bit about that kind of injury, all right? Some sure. people refer to it as a as it is in an AC joint. We don't know exactly. Bears haven't really talked about it. Mitchell Trubisky won't talk about it. He won't even tell us, you know, hey, I'm doing great. I'm not doing great. But let's talk a little bit for the the listener out there, okay, yeah. and, and the shoulder pain, maybe following an injury, or is this usually happen? I mean, how do most shoulder injuries are, are they because of activity? Well, this this Inger- type of I think you know we can talk about this type of injury because you got the video. So one of the greatest things that we have is uh, replay that you can watch how these injuries happen. So especially in the NFL, if a guy falls onto the point of his shoulder or takes a hit very hard to the point of his shoulder, especially a quarterback where the shoulder pads are not that robust. Um, the most common thing is either going to be a bruised rotator cuff or an AC joint, the acromioclavicular joint, uh, gets sprained. And that's just a that's just a joint in the top of the shoulder. You put your finger over the corner of your shoulder, and that's where the clavicle meets the, sh- the shoulder blade. And it doesn't have to be a break, but it can be particularly painful. And we know that he you know, wasn't immobilized for any prolonged period of time, and they were trying to ramp up his activities. So you know this is one of those sort of contusion or bruise-type injuries. And whether or not it was a bruised rotator cuff or an acromioclavicular or an AC joint, it kind of doesn't matter in terms of the strategy of getting him back to play. It's all the same strategy. Well, let's, is it a pain tolerance thing then? I mean, as far as like throwing the football, or is it everyone's worried about, wow, if he gets injured again? Yeah. You know, that that was the thought yeah, of a couple is, weeks right, ago, right? right? If he gets injured again, it's going to be doubly worse to hold him off these games. Yeah, so here's the philosophy. So let's, you know, there's an event or an injury and there's pain. And the pain comes from usually soft tissue trauma. In other words, if you were to get an MRI, for example, there may not be a tear, but there could be fluid showing a traumatic event 
knowing, you know, that sort of confirms the diagnosis. You rarely, you really don't, you know, look, we get MRIs before injuries happen in professional sports, but the reality is you have to, you watch the video, you ask the, the athlete what happened, you examine them, and you can kind of figure out what's going on. Now, the, the issue is what's the tempo of getting them back? And you, that's where, that's where the science really matters in doing what we do, which makes, I think, our field so fascinating when it, you take science and basic medicine, you bring it to the training room. So, for example, when there's a, a, a sprain or a contusion or a, a microscopic tear, the body generally can take six to eight weeks to heal the, the first phase of healing, right? right? Then the strength phase is about eight to 12 weeks. And then by 16 weeks, generally speaking, it's like the injury never happened. So that's the first basic parameter, right? You break it down into three phases. There's zero to eight weeks, there's eight to 12 weeks, and then there's twelve. Then there's 16 weeks and beyond. And you know you're in the clear of all is good by then. So the tricky part is navigating that first zero to eight weeks. And we often rest an athlete, or I call it relative rest. You don't want them to get deconditioned, so you protect the body parts so that you don't continue to irritate it, right? So what I tell an athlete, I say, look, it's okay to have some discomfort, but we won't. we don't want that discomfort to get amplified and escalate, right? So if you do something and you have a little discomfort, that's okay. But if you have a lot of discomfort or the, or the discomfort escalates, then you know you're imparting loads or stresses to that injured area, and that may prolong the length of time it takes to get them back. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then, and then you got to weigh one more thing, which is really important, is you say, okay, we just went through four weeks of relative rest. You have very little discomfort. The risk is if you send them back that they could go back to ground zero yep. if they have a traumatic event. And that's the hardest part to navigate because you're, there's a risk you got to take, right? You're trying to manage strategy and, 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 and the, the lineup, if you will, right, and the roster with medical care. And I can tell you, you know, obviously this has nothing to do with a fan or any, being a fan or anything. This is how do you make a responsible decision to minimize the risk that you can – inadvertently re-aggravate something, taking them back to ground zero. So all that four weeks could go to waste, for example, if you send them back too early and then there's a traumatic event. And the problem is you can go back at 8 and 16 weeks and there could still be another traumatic event and you're back to zero anyway, right? There could still be a new injury. You can't sure. prevent that. So that's so, so I sort of break it down and say what's good pain and bad pain, right? I say when we talk about it, we talk about the athlete because the athletes want to know. They'll say, look, I'm in pain. Isn't it bad to be in pain? I'm really worried about injury or my future. So what I'll generally use, I'll say, look, if it's a little bit of discomfort, it's not escalating, it's not getting amplified with activities, we'll stay with it. But if it starts to get raised up, if it elevates and you have a lingering effect the next day, then we know we've done too much and we've got to back down. And then you use those timelines. So typically it's all about tolerance. And the problem is as soon as you say tolerance, people say, well, is the athlete, you know, man up, you know, you right. just play in pain. People play in pain all the time, right? That's a tricky situation because it invokes all those other parameters of who's willing to play in pain and who's not willing to play in pain and when is that going to happen. So it gives, it gives you a sense of how complicated this whole thing is when you're talking about getting someone back. But you got to stick to the science. You never press someone to go back prematurely if you think it's premature. And in the end, it's the athlete that matters. I mean, that's really what's important is to keep these guys healthy and get them reliably back and not going through that that oscillation of coming in, coming out, you know, back and forth. That's a real problem for a team in terms of managing even the roster. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning. Steve Cashel, Dr. Brian Cole, usually as we do here to open the show, talking about kind of the uh, injuries of the week, so to speak, or of the month, uh, big pro injuries, those in college as well. And Dr. Cole, how about the two Washington Redskins quarterbacks, first Alex Smith and then Colt McCoy, both suffering broken fibulas. 
I mean, the bad luck in that. These are two healthy quarterbacks. My goodness. Um, I mean, just, you yeah. know, you see the leg go one way and, it, you know, it, it it plants into the ground and then you see these things and whether it's an open fracture. Those are some of the worst things I've ever seen. Like, I remember I used to take care of arena football and we had, um, I was on the sideline and we had a guy who went off the wall and had an open tib fib fracture. And we've seen, you know, that in basketball before. The bone um, out of the skin. Yep, yeah, that's what a compound fracture is. It's open. And if you're a spectator and you're sitting next to the sideline where the player goes down, yeah. it's, it's pretty devastating to see. Like we had to, we got out there, we covered him up in a sheet and everything. I mean, it was brutal. It was like, it was basically his lower leg, his foot was at a right angle to the upper leg, you know? And um, in the, the, the thing with McCoy, that was also an open fracture. Those are really potentially devastating injuries because they're not managed like traditional fra fractures because the incidence of infection goes way up and the incidence of not healing property goes properly goes way up. Now, obviously, if it's a little poke in the skin and things like that, they behave like closed fractures. But bigger compound or open fractures are a real treatment challenge, and they, they, they pose more risk in terms of how long and when an athlete's going to come back to play. But those are, to have two fibula fractures like that is crazy. I mean, that is, you know, it just it talks about the, the amount of energy that's involved in, in, in professional football. And one from the NBA, 76ers guard Markel Fultz out indefinitely with thoracic outlet syndrome. I've never heard of this, but it was explained Ooh. very well in the story. Uh, tell me if you've heard of this. I'm sure you have. Sure. Identified as a compression or irritation in the area between the lower neck and upper chest. Physical therapy recommended for Fultz before returning to play. He was the number one pick in the 2017 uh, NBA draft, but he has had problems shooting and uh, he visited with several specialists to figure out what was ailing him and they finally figured out it was more than just a, a shoulder injury. This is a big black box thoracic outlet syndrome or TOS we call it. And um, it's one of those things that we, we have this category of diagnosis. We call it a diagnosis of exclusion. You think about all the likely things, this is the least likely, okay? And it is, you, you pray that it gets better with physical therapy because the surgery for it can be unpredictable and somewhat brutal. Uh, it basically has to do with the way the nerves come out of the neck. They can be compressed by a muscle in the neck called the scalenius muscle. Yeah. They can be compressed by an extra rib. Um, and it's just the way someone's built, but there's something that develops along the way where you sort of get a traffic jam up in the neck that blocks the conduction of the nerves and sometimes even the blood vessels as they exit from the neck and go down to the arm. So it is a uh, really interesting uh, condition that in, is not super well understood why someone then becomes symptomatic. And I will tell you, this might be the first time I've ever heard this diagnosis in a professional basketball player. I'll bet. Yeah, it is very rare. I've never heard of it. I, I said I've been doing the well, Bulls since 1991. Lucky. and uh, This is one of those things you don't you know, want to get. Let me just say that. I mean, <laughs> we've never heard it with such specifics of the thoracic part of it. You know? Yeah, no, it's thoracic outlet syndrome. And yeah. I'm sure the world is going to be focusing on it if they're interested in this particular player's injury. But uh, it's not an easy situation to manage, and there's a degree of unpredictability. All right, when we come back, uh, Dr. Cole, interesting stuff right here. This is, uh, this is really neat. Uh, we're going to visit with a gentleman who was a test subject out of Wisconsin for Asculop. That is a Novacart 3D study designed to restore damaged knee cartilage, replacing plastic, metal, or foreign tissue parts. So we'll talk about um, the test that you did, right? Yeah, this is your test subject. We'll bring on a gentleman from Wisconsin and... Uh, follow up with uh, his patient patient participation. So stay with us, Sports Medicine Weekly. Back with more after this. On 670, The Score.